Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he enjoyed, enjoyed the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured with such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. got something to say I can come round and I've got a microphone on a stick here so does anyone want to share so I'm going to go to the back first is it Faith oh, no way. if you keep moving no matter what circumstances and you keep moving with faith you will win you can't win. I'm going to come back to that point. I'm coming back to that. That's a very, very powerful point. Anyone else want to share? When you have faith, a miracle will happen. And as it does with this boy. Yeah. Anyone else want to say anything? She, had, she was urgently encouraging him. So and, he wasn't on his own, was he? Yeah. And in faith... We know that we're not on our own, and God helps us. He puts people around us that believe in us and urge us on. And we, we come back to that theme again during the service. Anyone else? There's no shortage of people who will see somebody with a disability and take advantage of them. So there's something about uh, uh, <laughs> us being in a fallen world and abusive and thankfully in this situation it doesn't stop people being like that we need the Lord to change their hearts 
but some people do take advantage, but not everyone. And it's not the Lord's desire for us to fail. So, John, and Barbara's going to say something. Very similar to what somebody's already said. I can do everything through God who gives me strength. Bless you for that. I think that's really powerful. You're just stealing myself. You heard it earlier, I think, John. <laughs> I'm probably going to spoil everything. I must be the only skeptic here. But it is very, very hard when you pray for a miracle and you pray and pray and it doesn't seem to happen. Okay. So in a faith perspective, not everything's fixed in this life, but we come back to the theme, if we fix our eyes on Jesus, who died and rose and sits at the throne of God, who promises to be with us, there can be, um, well, you know, he, he, he will accomplish it. So we just absolutely need to hold on to that. So bad stuff happens Bad stuff happens to good people. Now, as I, this is sort of with faith. I can't remember exactly what you said, but you were saying about having faith and, and running. And this is an important point that I hadn't actually spotted uh, before watching the Forrest Gump theme and that, how this um, affects us in relation to... Um, let me just sin. It says, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Um, I've been brought up in churches. Um, this is not a reflection. My dad was a vicar for a little while, but there's sort of a, a common Christian practice of looking at sin and looking at the shackles. And as I watched this film, um, it helped me to have a slightly different perspective Maybe God does call us to notice and see sin from time to time, but it's the point that faith was making. We can focus on the sin and try really hard to unshackle ourselves from certain things, or we can instead, and that quite, can be quite guilt-inducing, and a lot of us do our Christianity like, oh, I'll never be free of these shackles. But as we go, as we're faithful... I think that some of the things that bind us, and that can be sin, loosen. Some of the things, if we wait for the shackles to come off faith-wise, sometimes we're paralysed and we do nothing. It's sin, or it's fear, or it's this, or it's that, or I can't do and I won't do, or I had this failure in the past, and they bind us up. That Forrest Gump clip, he started running metaphorically it might be crawling or walking for you it might be running in your heart but as you do so the Lord will set you free and even if there's really massive struggles the Lord promises to be with us and I'm going to come back to this thing there's just one other thing and I'm going to apply it to calling so we heard about Pippa already and her passionate calling um, for there to be no senior within this nation that's forgotten. That's a really passionate calling. How is she working that out? Well, it's probably one step at a time with the Lord's help and fixing her eyes on Jesus. I've got a story from another staff member 
which I think is very powerful, and the staff will have heard it, but um, it's, and I'm, I'm reading it with this person's permission, and I'll give you a clue, it's a lady and not a man. I was so nervous when I began this job, like terrified. I can honestly say that it was the Lord that pushed me towards applying and accepting the position. The Lord honestly orchestrated the whole thing. I knew I wanted to apply for the position. I kept on hearing a voice telling me, but I wasn't 100% sure in myself I had zero expectations. It could have lasted maybe a day, maybe a week, maybe a month. I do know I love mummies, pregnant mummies, new mummies. I've always had a deep heart for women. The thing is that I've always been terrified of children, like dentist terrified. During the last six weeks, When I have arrived home after work, my husband had had a tea ready for me and I burst into tears. I'm just not sure about my role or the point of what I have to offer to special groups. I honestly felt like I've been a terrible failure. But then last Thursday, at the last Trinity Tots of 2021, I felt it. Joy. I was, it was as if I was watching myself from afar. Who actually is this person and why is she getting so close to the children? How is she chatting and interacting so naturally with those little souls and not wanting to run in the opposite direction at the thought of actual contact with children? Why is she having such a good time? And never mind the fact she's actually wearing a festive jumper. The best part was the singing. I'd totally given up on singing years ago. Over a hundred parents, grandparents, carers and children sitting on the floor, singing their hearts out and shaking their jingle bells. They were all loving being in church and probably don't even realise that they're all immersed in the Lord's presence. My prayer is they keep coming. Keep growing and one day invite the Lord into their hearts. But most of all, that these mummies and daddies know that they're valued and cherished. The children know that they're wanted and loved. And really, that it's all going to be okay. Fix our eyes. Fix our hearts. Fix our minds. Fix our souls on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Is there a new thing or even a renewed old thing that you're being called to do at church or at home? And it's not about our doings, it's more about our beings. Maybe it's something about the place or the people with whom you spend your time and energies. Maybe it's like a New Year's can do with God's help attitude. It can be big things. It can be small things. 
But I think we're not too far off the mark if it's about fixing our attention on Jesus. We're going to listen to the reading again. This is an ancient Christian practice, repeating readings because we glaze over it, so we're going to hear it quite a lot. So fix our eyes on Jesus. And this, um, as you um, listen this time, and they'll, they'll, I'll, I'll share a little bit, there'll be another film, but it's about being in it together and helping each other to the end where no one's been left behind. And this might seem quite strong, but this is very pertinent to our Christian calling, but no one is left for dead because we're dead in our sins and transgressions and we only come alive in Christ. So um, you're going to see another member of the church family, one we prepared earlier, reading this reading. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So back to the, um, the calling about fixing our eyes on Jesus. But this time, it's not about us being alone. Obviously, God's with us. He, Jesus has already run the race, but he places his spirit within us and he places a lot of people alongside us. And I'm just thinking about how this whole principle about fixing our eyes on Jesus relates to our values. Well, I think this is all about distinct daily discipleship. Um, it's certainly a call for everyone to be involved. It's definitely fixing our eyes on Jesus about connecting with God and connecting with others. Surely fixing our eyes on Jesus is about him helping us to be a loving and generous community. And boy, Jesus certainly had a mission and calls us with him and following him to be proactive in that. Um, now, I know in principle that it's a really good thing to work with others. Um, in practice, have been known, probably only me here, to be a little bit selfish and single-minded and don't, don't really give um, as much care as I should to others. Um, a few years ago, it's quite a few years ago, when we are um, in Chipstead, my oldest boy wanted to go out with Latin Link and he wanted to, to raise some money uh, to do that. We decided that we'd do the three peaks. Has anyone done the three peaks, which is um, up in Scotland, which is the highest, Ben Nevis, in England, Scarfell, and in Wales, Snowdon. And the challenge... To make it a little bit difficult was we had to do that in 24 hours and not get arrested by the police for speeding. And in Scotland, they've got it all well set up. You go to the top of the mountain and they're waiting in their little cars at the bottom because they know that you're going to be trying to bomb it from one place to the other to get it to done in, in 24 hours. It's the longest day around that time. Anyway, Tim and I were going to do this and we had a youth worker, bless his soul, 
uh, called Will, who was over half my age, but not quite up to it, I didn't think. And he was begging us to be able to go on this Three Peaks Challenge with us. And I just took a look at him and I said, sorry, Will, I'm not quite sure you're up to it. And uh, he begged me that he could come. I said, well, you do realise, I don't normally say this to people, but, um, and I might have told you this story. Have you heard this story before? Well, basically, I told him, if you hold us up, we're going to shoot you. And anyway, he still thought that was a reasonable trade-off, and he worked really, really, really hard to get fit. And he was fit to do this three-peak challenge, and we managed to get all the way up uh, to the top of um, Ben Nevis and down again. But it was as going as we were going up Scarfell. Um, he had a—I don't know what happened actually. Well, the next thing I knew, uh, Will had collapsed on the mountainside. I didn't have a gun with me, and it was really early in the morning and still a little bit dark, and the midges were biting. And the question was, do we leave him for dead? I didn't actually think that. But actually, could we leave him? Um, at that moment, I was feeling, and Tim were feeling, we're feeling a bit gutted because all our sponsorship money was going out the window. Um, was it going to be Will, or were we going to do the challenge? Well, we waited, and we prayed, and I don't know quite what had happened to him, but he did revive, and he made it all the way up, and all the way down, and all the way to Wales, and all the way up Snowdon, all the way down, and we achieved it. But my challenge to me and you when we're doing Christianity is there is a temptation in life to leave others for dead. And that's not the Christian calling. Jesus did that so that we don't need to do that. He's the one that calls us through these valleys, these pits, if you like, um, as we fix our eyes on Jesus. He helps us to get through the finishing line. I'm going to um, show you another film clip now. Please watch your reactions to this and what it might teach you about faith. And I think we've had some of the lessons already.
some um, <coughs> really challenging um, images there. The, the Brownlee brothers, I don't know whether you noticed them, their, their mum used to go to our church in Ilcleave, but how inspiring. I think in helping his brother, he might have not been world champion or something for, for a year, but there's something really powerful about crossing the, the finishing line and that is the promise for us as Christians, like God never gives up on us. But there's also something within that, and it's very evocative, obviously, about helping each other and not being so selfish and single-minded. So as I look out here, some of you probably got to church with a bit of encouragement and a bit of help. That's certainly true of the, the connections ministry, isn't it? That some people don't get themselves there. Some people feel isolated and abandoned, but maybe less so because of a hope line or a cascade of care or something or something or something, just sort of a, a kind word. And um, suppose the overarching message, there is a direction of travel. The direction of travel is probably a few paces after our pioneer and perfecter of faith, Jesus. But it's more complicated than that because he promises to give us the strength and the perseverance that we need when we're really, really tempted to give up. And, and just hear this, God never gives up on us, never, ever gives up on us and no one is left for dead.